Hey everyone, welcome to JoJo's World. Hola amigos. I'm Liam S. Smith, one of your co-hosts. And I'm Nick Ballantyne, the other one of the co-hosts. Today we watched episode 22 of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 3, Stardust Crusaders, entitled Judgment Part 2. I'm smiling a lot right now. Well, the audience can't hear that. I wish they could. <laughs> I wish they could hear my physical characteristics. You need to smile like how they do in a cartoon or an old sitcom, where when you smile, there's a glint of light and it pings. Dinging sound. Yeah. yeah. Can we do that? Can we add that in right now? There it is. There's the ding. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. God damn it. Okay, <laughs> fine. Have it your way. This episode covers chapters 176 through 179 of the manga. Yeah, that checks out. That tracks. That tracks. Okay, we've met Nick approval. We can move on. <sighs> that is acceptable. Um, I just noticed... I, I pulled up the Wikipedia page to check that, hmm. and then I noticed there was a comment as we were starting, so I, I clicked the button to pan down to that, and there's one guy on the wiki is just like, so I guess we have to assume that Michael, Lionel, and Prince, Abdul's roosters, were left to starve? Oh, shit. <laughs> I mean, unless he's left a lot of, like, seed for them. They can't care for themselves, though. They're chickens. I've seen Chicken Run. I know how that goes. I mean... They escape and they die in the wilderness. Uh, yeah, sure. But they were also made out of clay. So that made... <laughs> no, they weren't. Like... Oh, wait. Those ones were. Yeah. I thought you were talking about, like, the clay dolls in this episode. <laughs> no, these ones... Abdul used real. his three wishes to make three roosters. And so he brought down the three roosters. Michael, Richie, and Prince. Nick, I want to share with you some words of wisdom from author of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, Hirohiko Araki. I'll accept these uh, words of wisdom. Sure, go for it. A manga isn't born out of the efforts of a lone person. Um, Lately, my studio has been filled with people, which often causes many problems. Uh, I'm often capricious with the cleaning ladies and the drawing equipment vendors. When I'm travelling, I disturb the travel agency employees. The proprietor asks me to move out, etc. An infinite number of people have stood alongside Jojo, up close and from afar. Nevertheless, I think it is important to have sympathy and respect for every one of them. Thanks a million. That was a nice one. Yeah. That was good. They say you can tell a lot about a person you're going on a first date with by how they treat the restaurant stuff. Yeah, you can. Imagine if... Araki, right? Imagine if he walked into a manga studio and immediately punched the dude at his desk because he's like, that's my desk, asshole, get out of the way. You wouldn't want to date him. You wouldn't want to date him at all. You wouldn't. Never. So, Nick. Hmm? Preliminary thoughts on Judgment Part 2. Good. <laughs> Very good. Do you feel you're all vindicated? Oh, yes, I do. I do. After all this time of you trying to red herring me. Gaslight you is the word you're looking for. No, because Abdol was the red herring and you were trying to cook him up with a bullet in his head. All right. I was going somewhere. That metaphor kind of got away from you. Yeah, but you know, same idea as gaslighting. We open on a shot of the moon. Cameo's laughing and he's like, oh, you must be so shocked. Who would have suspected you? You'd be dying because your sister ate you. Lol, idiot. Yeah, jeez, you should have seen this coming, idiot. Maybe you should have not had her eat you, you fool. And then he exposits about how, like, wishes expose one's weakness and he can exploit that. And trying to revive the dead is unnatural. But you're so stupid, you're probably, like, clinging to that hope, being like, oh, she's dead, but I hope I'll still see her tomorrow. I mean, she's still dead. And Avdol is basically just lying quietly on the ground through all his gloating. <laughs> Uh, polymer, rather. No, Abdol is watching from man. afar. Yeah, he's he's zombie. Because man. third wish, you wish to bring Abdol back. Hail to you. Do that. There's rustling in the woods, and then a zombie Abdol appears, and the sound effects say "Zam." Oh no, it's a good sound effect. It's a damn good sound effect. Uh, Abdol charges at Polymer, and then we cut to the OP. 
Na, 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 na. You know what it is at this point. You know. It, you stand Don't proud. Don't fucking lie to me. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> they listen to us with such, you know, pride. Pride? They listen to us with such good intentions. And you're there scaring them with your words. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know what came over me. I will immediately issue a very contrite apology. Okay, well, I've already written one up for you. Okay. Okay, go for it. <clears throat> Four score and seven years ago. Oh, Jesus, that's not the right one. Sorry. I anyway, this is a dumb bit. <laughs> After the OP, uh, Avdol continues charging at Polnareff. He... With intent to kill. Yeah, he bites him and slashes at him. Oh, shit. And then some of his fingers fall apart, and we see that he's got one of those big scarred eyes like Sherry does. <gasps> now, this bit amazed me because when... Uh, Polnareff gets knocked back. He gets knocked back into the air and just sort of flies yeah. in like this massive arc before falling back to the ground. I was like, wow. That... There's a lot of that in this episode. Yeah, they're quite strong. I did not realise that zombies were that strong. They're made of kalanik. They are. Which is hard, but fragile. Superior to human flesh in every way. <laughs> yeah. Join the clay revolution. <laughs> you're either in the clay or you're out of the pot. Or you're under the clay. Under the clay. Like berries. Oh, nice. Come on, Nick, metaphor. I mean, that was very literal, <laughs> because they'll literally bury you. Nick. Yes. Avdol is full of wrath. Wrath? Yeah. He's full of broth. Full He's of had broth. a nice hearty soup. <laughs> it's real bad for a guy that's made out of clay. He spends a lot of this time sort of trying to make Polnareff feel guilty. Mm-hmm. This is all your fault. Because of you, I ended up like this. And then he, he lifts up his head bandana wrap thingy, and he's got a, just a hole in his head. Also, some of his fingers fell off when he raked Polnareff. Oh, no. Zombie man is... So creepy. Also still dead. He's like, this sucks. You'll pay with your body. And then Cherry's also jumping at him being like, I'll get better if I eat you, right, brother? And they jump and they fight. They bite him. It's gross. It is gross. And he falls to the ground and... Oh, wait, no, that doesn't happen yet. So um, they, they bite him, then they back off a bit and they're doing like a slow swaying zombie walk towards him. Very ominous. Kind of creepy. Yeah. And uh, they're like, yeah, he's like, stay away, please, just go back. No, uh, I'm so sad. I'm so paralyzed by my emotions in not being able to fight you. I mean, guys, you, you're meant to be dead, but you're made out of clay. This is real awkward. Polaroff has a bit of a moment here where he was like, oh, I was so freaked out. I forgot I could use my stand. Now I'll win. So he immediately tries to summon his stand. And then Cameo just gets it in a headlock. Which, I mean, he's already powerful enough. But the fact that he can hold back Silver Chariot is pretty crazy. Well, we knew he was strong. Did we? Yeah. Bonner tried to attack him immediately last time. Oh, yeah. And then he was like, nah. We did know that. I'm man. too fast and strong. Hmm, that is true. Ah, oh, Polnareff. What will you get right? <laughs> Nothing this week. <laughs> I mean, we'll find out later just how wrong he was. <laughs> yeah, so he grabs him in a headlock and he's like, no, you don't get any more wishes. I mean, like, you already had we, your three, we, so... We get it, man. You're kind of leaning on the gimmick a little heavily. Look, he's a genie. He's clearly but, I mean, he's not a genie, though. I mean, he is a stand, but he's a magical genie-man. They start eating, it's gross, and he's like, Hail to you! Polnareff has something of an existential crisis. <laughs> yep. You can scream all you want! No one will hear you! It's like in Pee-wee's Big Adventure. <laughs> I mean... There's a bit where he, he's, he finds out that... Or he thinks that the rich... Other man-child Francis is responsible for his bike being stolen. So he goes and gets into his big swimming pool bathtub room and locks the door and is like, Go ahead and scream your head off. We're miles from anywhere anyone will hear you. (laughs) Okay. So it's like that. You know, your voice won't reach the shore. No one will come and save you, Polnareff. Mm. And Polnareff is just lying on the ground, staring at the sky, and they're chewing on him. 
He's like, well, this is how I go. Yep. Being eaten alive. Well, I'm done for. Gonna be eaten. Sherry, Avdol, even though they're just clay dolls, it's not so bad being eaten by them. Or beaten, rather. Now, see, being eaten by your dead sister and dead friend seems like a bad way to go. That seems exquisitely painful. Also rather ironic, given that they're dead and you're not. But How soon, is that ironic? Well, soon you'll be dead. And the sure. irony closes okay. in on itself. Sure, all right. Yeah. It must. Okay. He has some flashbacks about Avdol, about how he got stabbed and shot, and that time he beat him up. And Many tears. Yeah. Many tears roll from and his then eyes. He's sort of zoning out because he's losing a lot of blood. I mean, we're talking he's had... What, and a two... lot of flesh, too. Yeah, he's lost both... Two significant chunks from each shoulder, and now yeah. they're just sort of all over him. Gnawing at his leg and arms. There's like visceral smacking sounds, but because of the crunchy roll censorship, it's all just black screens. Yeah, there's a lot of blackening in this yeah. episode, yeah. I'm fine with that. I don't really need to see a heap of, heap of gore. I'm not fine <laughs> with it. And we see sort of reflected in Ponoref's glassy eye... A second Avdol approaching the, the zombie Avdol that's now standing above him. Okay, but that's just fucking stupid. Avdol's dead. Yeah. Like, I'm seeing double. Like Four Avdols. <laughs> Why? There are eight Avdols in front of me. <laughs> oh, well. Well, I guess I'm dead. Better lie down and take it the only way I know how. No, of course. There's only one. I guess death really is close now. Blood loss. Hallucinations. Well, then I guess I'll die now. And so, with that Polnareff exit scene... Got to tap out early. Goodbye, everyone. Avdol, for you I'll atone in the next world. <laughs> Aww. Single tear. What a rad bromance. Oh. So, anyway, Polnareff's not dead because... No, because real Avdol has grappled Clay Avdol and crushes his hands with his own hands. Polnareff immediately goes, what the fuck? And Avdol is like, yo, magician's red. He shows up, he explodes... Clay Avdol with his awesome firepower. He's, he's a bird made of fire. He's cool. We've been over this. He is a giant fluffy bird man. By, b- buff. Buff fur pants. Fireman. I mean, I'm surprised. He looks a lot less human now. Yeah, you think so? Yeah. I don't know if he's exactly the same and I've just forgotten. I think so. But. Remember, he does have a bird head. <laughs> he does have a bird head. But like, I thought before he just had pants. Not like feathery pants. I thought he had fire pants. See, so did I. I thought he had, like, no... Uh, presumably it's something he can turn off and on. No, he did have legs. Oh, wait, no, he did have legs. Anyway. Anyway, he uh, has a stand. Cameo's all, what, Avdol? He should be dead. He was stabbed by the hanged man, Jay Guile, a.k.a. Cenefold. It's like, well, correct. You're not far off, because he's like... Oh, it's in no, this clicking this thing. Muhammad Avdol, yes, I am. <laughs> He says in English, and there's a bam, and then he's like... Which is like a weird clicking tisk-tisk yeah. sound. Tisk-tisk, waggles finger, sassily. So much sass in this episode. He is so much... very different. Polareff points out at the end, like, did you get brain damage or something that changed your personality? Is it because you got shot in the head? Was is it that Phineas means... Gage who got a railroad spike through his head that significantly changed his personality? Maybe. It's uh-huh. a psychological thing we learned in Psych 101. Yeah. If uh, you take brain damage, your brain works differently. <laughs> Who would have seen that coming? Well, if I recall correctly, he his temperament like just completely changed yeah, after yeah, yeah. this yeah, significant I know, brain trauma. I know that uh, if you get a lobotomy, uh, you kind of feel like we're quite saying the same thing here. Oh no! But if you get like any kind of lacerations or anything, uh, you're very different. But if you get a lobotomy, you're very different to okay. the point where um, if you start drawing, 
with either hand, it's going to be markedly different between hands to the point where they're like, okay, normal people would draw the same way with both hands, or they'd try to, but if you get lobotomized, you get very different kinds of, like, drawing styles. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. It gives credence to the idea that there are two consciousnesses in your head. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, tisk tisk. <laughs> <laughs> All of that for tisk tisk. Abdul sort of immediately rounds in Polnareff and is like, Polnareff, you haven't matured a bit. You're still thinking of your sister without consequences for your actions. It's Abdul. He's... Hey, wait a fucking minute. Yeah, you're dead. They whole horse blew your brains out. You were shot right in the forehead. I watched it. He's like, no. You see, I was stabbed in the back moments before I was shot. So my head turned up and the bullets only grazed me. It was a blessing in disguise, really. Then he lifts up his head wrap, much like zombie after the before. Yeah. And rather than just having a hole in his head, he's got some... He's like... Bullet grazed scar. It looks like a pretty gruesome wound seal, honestly. I mean, it does feel like it's going into his head. Yeah, but not deep enough to reach the brain. Hey, which I guess is what matters. Classic skull. <laughs> and he lost consciousness when he was shot, uh, but he's fine, ultimately. Judgment sweats a bit now. And he's like, "What? hang on, but you're meant to be dead. You're- but I'm not, and now I'll give you hell. Hell to you. And then he, like, mugs at the camera. <laughs> like, guys, check out my wordplay. I'm Avdol now. I, I can- I'm- Guys, it's me, the new Avdol. Avdol 2.0. I'm sassy now. How long will this last? Like a couple of weeks max, I think. Ah, God. Nick, what do you think of the new Avdol? Growing pains. Growing pains. I mean, he seems fun and lighthearted. Seems like a cool guy. Seems pretty upbeat regarding that he got shot in the head. Uh, This isn't the Avdol I was expecting to return. He's, he was very sort of dour and straight-laced before. He was, to the point where he was bringing down everyone else with his seriousness. <laughs> but now he's part of the crew. He's part of Polnareff's, like, you know... Gang of idiots. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so Polnareff is crying. He's like, oh, my third wish. It's real. It came true. No, oh. no, that's not I mean, it. He's not being literal. I mean, yeah, but no. <laughs> no. <laughs> But yeah, he's alive. So technically speaking, it came true. Oh, but he never died. How can you have... Or didn't he? But Apollonarov didn't know that. So... Hang on, wait. As a character, his personality died. Oh. But it's been reborn like the phoenix. Ooh. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Or, as some would say, like a magician. Meanwhile, Avdal is still smugging it up. He's all like, oh, I'm alive. That's bad news for you. You better run along and tell Dio and your stand user buddies. Right? Huh? Huh? What? Oh god, the fucking clicking! <laughs> it's how he commun- It's how he echolocates because he's blind now. <laughs> You'll just happen to notice that part of my head is gone. It's the bit that deals with vision, isn't that right, Polnareff? I'm over here, buddy. Gotcha. <laughs> Visual puns really don't work in no, podcasts. No. <laughs> to Judgment's credit, he's you know he holds his own in the banter. He's like, oh well, I'll just tell, I'll just kill you now and then turn the news into. That I killed the idiot Polnareff. And also Avdol was still alive, but now he's not anymore, so don't worry about that. And then worried faces split down the screen. <laughs> Cracked edge in the middle. This is cool. Magician's Red, like, goes in for a kick. It's cool. Mm-hmm. But as we established previously, Cameo is fast and strong. He's good. He's a yeah. good... Uh, so he grabs Magician's Red and throws him into a tree. He looks pretty rad. Then, in a move I don't quite understand... <laughs> Go on. Cameo grabs... Zombie Sherry mm-hmm. hurls him at Avdol. Yeah. And she shatters on Magician's Red like cross guard. 
Right. Like, why did he do that? Why would he do this? <laughs> Essentially. I mean, Liam, we've seen a lot of weird moves in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. This is far from the strangest. But I mean, like, you know, you're, you're tilting the odds firmly against you by reducing the amount of bodies you have on the battlefield in your favour. A naked sister that's made out of clay fighting against a giant bird man who can kick I mean, things Polar to still. And Silver Chariot. I mean, yeah. why not just go It's like... better having it than not. Uh, yeah, but I mean, if both of them summon their stands, then just, you know, you immediately get rid of it. Also, it's for plot purposes. It's cathartic. Okay. Yeah, Polnareff has a... Polnareff captures her shattered torso and has a final moment with her where she's like, brother. She's like, brother. <laughs> <laughs> it's been too long. Allow me to eat you so I can get your superior genes, brother. <sighs> I can't do snake. Metal stand. Metal stand. Yeah. Nice. Silver chariot. <sighs> I mean... Who's Otacon in this weird quasi-world? Dredoro, of course. <laughs> no, the Kakuin. Yeah, Kakuin's Otacon. Solid Snake is Jotaro. Liquid Snake is Dio. Big Boss is... Joseph. Yep. And who the hell is Polnareff going to be? Uh, Revolver Ocelot. <laughs> yeah, he's going to be Revolver Ocelot. That's it. That's all it is. He's pretty good. Anyway. <laughs> oh, no, no, of course. Whole Horse has got to be Revolver oh, Ocelot. Of course Whole Horse is Revolver Ocelot. <laughs> that, that's like one to one. <laughs> we completely looked over that. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, that means Polnareff has to be like Cars. Miller? Miller. Miller. But isn't... Nick, you got to play MGS5. I do, I do. Well, wait, Miller was in three, though, wasn't he? As, no. like, a reference... Uh, Kodak guy? No, he was in one as a Kodak guy, but, spoiler alert, it was actually Liquid Snake who had killed him and stolen his identity. What? I didn't see that coming. Oh, no. Was it really? Yeah. Oh, no. Nick, what are you doing? I'm, it's, I'm trying to be sarcastic whilst not sounding sarcastic. And so... Not working at all. Miller is cool. He in five. He right. He's he's a real asshole in five, to be honest. But so are all the mother base guys. Isn't Miller like the strategist guy? Yeah, he he yeah. runs the base, yeah. the business part of the base. He's got one leg and one arm because he was getting oh. tortured for a long time before he rescued him. Oh shit! There you go. They played us like a damn yeah. fiddle, though. Yeah. This I still feel the pain in my fingertips. A the phantom. the fingertips of my missing arm. Phantom. All the men we lost when Cipher attacked. Keep going with this. This is gold for a God, JoJo's I love, podcast. I love Metal Gear. <laughs> it's so dumb. Oh, man. So many references Cars. so little time. So, okay, yeah, we've stunt casted the entire Metal Gear cast with JoJo Part 3 characters. We did it. Wait, who's Abdol? Oh, fuck. Um, Are there any black characters in Metal Gear that live longer than one game? I mean, there's Sigint in, in Metal Gear 3. Who's Sigint? He's like the guy who tells you all about guns and stuff in Metal Gear 3. And then he goes on to become the DARPA chief in Metal Gear 1. Oh, right. Oh, I don't know if that counts. That's... Yeah. What about uh, Psycho Mantis? I mean, technically he is wearing a black gas mask. I mean, I wasn't going on the racial aspect, just kind of the whole... He... in fi- Okay. In 5, Psycho Mantis keeps showing up and yep. he's got, like, Volgan's ghost or whatever who is made of fire. But Volgan was electricity. Yeah, but then he died and got really angry and became fire. Oh, okay. All right. Um, sure. Or something like that. Anyway, so fire, fire manifestation, Avdol. Yeah, Close there, there's a link there. We Close did enough it. for me. Yep. Anyway, where are we? Oh, That's yeah. many Twitter so, tweets. Polnareff is having his final moment with Sherry. Where he's like, no, you're not Sherry. She's dead. I can accept that now. Stab. And then she crumbles into dust. 
Oh no! He's moved on. He has. He's he's achieved self-actualization. And you know he stabbed his killer because she's a zombie. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Polyrep, I take it back, you have matured after all. And Polyrep was like, no, I should apologise. Meanwhile, Cameo attacks them. And Cameo's like, well, fuck both of y'all, yeah. you don't have time for they, that shit. They feel like slammed into the ground or whatever, and he's like, I'll go. Before I destroy you, tell me your three wishes, and I'll grant them for you before you die for real this time. <laughs> he's a sneaky motherfucker. Polyrep is like, just ignore him, he's an asshole. <laughs> And Abdul sort of meaningfully looks over his shoulder and smirks, and it's like, no. Make it four wishes. What? Don't forget the rubbing of the back. Tisk tisk. He does like this thing. Yeah, well, that's what I need. Sort of meaningfully looks over his shoulder. Well, there's a difference between looking and whatever, Nick. <laughs> if the devil is in the details. He's like, I can't give you four wishes. He's like, what? Are you denying my wish? Cameo, you prophet, you promised. <laughs> and then he he does like he kicks him and that explodes into smoke and Cameo's arm shatters and he screams in pain. My first wish was to make you scream in pain and it came true. Ooh. Why is he so much stronger than he was moments ago? I don't know, Liam. Maybe you could explain this to our lovely viewers. Well, his wound from India still hasn't completely healed yet, so he was holding back. But now, I guess he doesn't care about that anymore. He can let his wound go. It's fine. Why, though? He explains that he could only, he only could stand again as of three days ago in India. Okay. So when, now, when he says stand... He means on his legs. Okay, all right. I'm glad we got that out of the way. <laughs> And then he took a plane here, and that was easy because he could disguise himself as an old man. Ah. Wait, who was he disguised as? I don't know. Huh. Huh. Weird. Um, so that's cool. It's in- interesting how, even though that stab wound isn't really much more significant than most of the other flesh wounds the guy's taken the course of an episode, mm. that's had, you know, still pretty impressive in real terms healing time, but the only, like, thing we've seen along those lines... I think it's one of the only wounds that has had any repercussions. That's, yeah, persisted at all. I mean, consider how... Remember how Polymerov rocked up in their hotel room after the Chucky fight? Yeah. And just, like, covered in blood. And that never... Like, nothing came of that. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, the Speedwagon Foundation wouldn't well, there's know a, a fun, few medical There's tricks. a fun little, um, like, subtext slash interpretation slash non-canon thing about, like, Joseph using the Ripple to heal them between battles. Oh, that actually would kind of make sense. Yeah, that would make some sense. Yeah. But how would they wash off all the blood? Water. Wait, but water is like a ripple. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway. <laughs> now, this is this is pretty grisly, because Magician's Red gets behind uh, Judgment mm-hmm. and makes, like, a garrot out of fire and just chokes him out with it. And starts, like, ripping off his head, more yeah, or less. Yeah, that that's fucked up. I mean, badass. <laughs> My second wish was to make you scream in fear, and now it's coming true. And then he, like, hurls him into the space or whatever, and he's like, my third wish was to make you cry with regret. And then Judgment explodes in a puff of glitter and disappears. Man, he's living up to his name of the magician, isn't <laughs> yeah. he? He's getting away, no. Polnareff, like, yells at the top of his lungs. Yeah. And then and like, no, don't worry. Think about stands, Polnareff. Remember how they have completely consistent rules? Well... <laughs> This one's power and speed means its user must be nearby. Polnareff, Polnareff, look. I get stands, alright? I know things about stands. That's kind of my whole thing, man. If there's one thing I know about stands, is that they're all the same. Yeah. None of them violate the terms of service, okay? So they start searching around the ground and stuff nearby. They don't don't find any Napoleonic-era gold. Which we never get back to. Why wouldn't they just take it and leave? Was it real or was it just made of clay? 
Oh, it was probably made of clay. And, but follow-up question, was it real enough that it wouldn't have mattered <laughs> for any seller? I mean, look, probably not. They probably would have gone, hang on a minute, this is clay. You're true, an appraiser would know that, I guess. Mm, yeah. Even if Polnareff ever searched it was real. What's um Antique Roadshow? Yep, that, that's what it is. That's what it is. Uh, they just come on there and like, I've got this Napoleonic era gold uh, that I just found on an island. They'll be like, oh, my God, is that real? And then immediately be like, okay, I'll give oh, you... It's just chocolate coins. I'll, I'll give you zero dollars, mm. but uh, you have to pay me to buy this. For wasting my time. It's like, oh, well, how much is it? 3,000 pounds. Why pounds? Anyway. Be grand. They find this little bamboo tube sticking out of the ground. Ooh. That's conspicuous. And they're all like in real quiet. And I like the way they're sort of being like, shh. <laughs> and Abdul plucks a leaf from a nearby plant and puts it on the tube to test. And then uh, we hear some struggling breaths. Yep. And the guy goes, <laughs> and blows the leaf off. Yep. So, you know, test one complete. Then Abdul puts his finger in the pipe. And it happens again more sustained until he pulls it out. Seems pretty conclusive he's in there. I don't know if he's like, oh, man, I hate this guy. What should I do to him? Hell to you. <laughs> I've got an idea, says Polnareff. Yeah, I'm going to put some things in this pipe. So he starts with uh, some dirt. Yep, some sand. And then he grabs a spider. Some ants. Some ants. Lit match. (laughs) Which is... You think he would have caught on after that? (laughs) After that, he goes, radio. Now we really... And then, like, smoke comes out of the thing, and then eventually we hear the man under there being like, wow, that was close, but I got through it somehow. (laughs) (laughs) He's now swallowed dirt, spiders, and ants... And a lit match. He swallowed the sand to eat the dirt. He swallowed the spiders to eat the sand. He swallowed the ants to eat the spiders. He swallowed the, fi- the fire to eat the ants. <laughs> and Perhaps was, he'll die. And then there was no more because fire purges all. Yeah. Anyway, then Abdol was like, come on, Polnareff, let's piss in his mouth. <laughs> this is not the Abdol I remember. Shall we engage in the timeless ritual of male bonding and take a piss together? I, uh, uh, this has never been a thing that I've mailed. My stand but... may have a fire power, but Abdul's all about water sports. I, uh, oh, oh no, <laughs> oh no. So they start taking a whiz in, into this <laughs> tube and we see it from the perspective of the guy in there and it's gross. It is both hilarious and distressing. Come on, laugh, Polnareff. Ha 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 ha. Did your personality change, man? It, I mean, did you? You took you got a bullet shot in the head. You took a bullet to the head. Are you the same Abdul? And Abdul just laughing uproariously. He's <laughs> taken. Then no they're note. both just laughing and peeing. Oh, it's a oh, piss laugh. Such a timeless ritual of male bondage. When have you ever pissed with another guy into another guy's pipe mouth? Because <laughs> that's what they're doing. That is technically what they're doing. It Look, is exactly what they're doing. I can name a few places on the internet where you would be able to find something like this, but it's I've never done it myself. Probably a large and lucrative market for that sort Indeed. of thing. Indeed. Now, the problem is, is it really a pastime of male bonding? I mean, if you were, if you were into it. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. But at the same time... No tea, no shade, no pink lemonade. Ah, uh, touche, touche. After, like, ten minutes of this, uh, Cameo bursts out of the ground. And he spits he looks, out. He all looks this. weird. He does. He's wearing like almost scuba gear. I think it's because he's underground. Yeah. And he's playing. He's wearing a mask so it doesn't get in his eyes, I guess. And and so that no one can see his real face. Sure. Because it's a cameo. Shut up. Well, that was a standard cameo. So he's obviously like, I can play any role. Yeah, I, I'm an actor. Maybe that's it. Maybe all he wanted was to be an actor, but his stand was just too powerful. I uh, couldn't grant that wish. Mm, exactly. 
He bursts out, he begs for mercy, and Avdol's like, my fourth wish is not to listen to any of your wishes. The magician's red won't listen to you, and then he basically just like, a bit of fire on his finger that runs all up the guy's body, and turns him into like, you know when cartoons get burnt and they turn all black and crispy? Yeah. That. Oh, nice. And he's got, um, he's got like the little strands of hair that yeah, come out, yeah. like a mad professor who's losing all of his hair. And it's been set on fire. <laughs> he's like One Punch Man, if One Punch Man had strands of hair. Sure, okay. Yeah, where he just looks really dumb. And then someone's like, which is happening a lot lately. It is happening a lot lately. And that's it? Yeah. Well, you know, ad break. We got a lot of ads for various animes. Okay, we got a lot of ads for My Hero Academia. Yep. uh, Baruto. AKA Naruto 2. This time it's more Naruto. (laughs) Naruto 2, Electric Boogaloo. Uh, We got the weird Watch Your Baby Growing. Oh, with the ultrasound thing. Oh, yeah. The fertility yep. clinic. Uh, we got uh, tutor for four unruly princes. Tr- yeah, yeah. Ro- the, the royal tutor. The rural juror. The rural juror. Uh, and then we had. Uh, what was it called? Like. Oh, the end of the world. The end of the world. Are you going to save us? Please say you will. We're waiting for you. Or something like that. And we thought every tagline was part of the title. I'm sure it was. Like, it, it was like five lines of yeah. title. I think. There is a tendency, from what I've seen in some Japanese media, to have longer titles. Oh, yeah. With questions and answers in... What's the one that's like a world that has no f- sense of humour and where everything is censored or something? I don't know what you're talking about. There's like an entire anime dedicated to censorship uh, of like, you know, dick jokes and whatnot. So the whole premise is anyone that makes a dick joke or is seen with anything like lewd is uh, taken by the police... And forced into, like, not being lewd. Anime was a mistake, is what he's saying. Wow. (laughs) Wow. I've told you about my friend Blade, who vehemently disagrees with Your friend Blade? Yeah, Blade. Like, Wesley Snipes? Shit. (laughs) Nice. I saw a funny image on Tumblr the other day, which was... It was was like a sealed box for for postal purposes. Mm. And um, it said, use Blade to open... Oh, and, and it has the Blade DVD. DVD Blade. And he's screaming. There's like, no, don't use me. That's good. That's good. Um, That's good, wholesome content. <laughs> it is both a pun and a joke. But they're back on the beach. Polarif is like, hey guys, who do you think I met? And they're all, hey, Polarif, you're looking pretty fucked up right now. Were you attacked? You, you got like bite marks. No, who cares about my wounds? Don't let your back go out in shock, Kakuene. I've met someone special. I mean, we care about your wings, goes, Polarif. Pum, pa, 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 pa. Here he is. Avdol was alive all along. And then he makes this noise where he goes like, Ooh. Hey, Avdol, uh, we're, we're just going to go now. Well, uh, let's go. I'll carry your luggage. It's been a while. How are you? How's the wound? I'm fine. Great. Let's all have a casual conversation. What? Hold the fuck up, everyone. Oh, and we also learned that it's been two weeks since they left him behind. Oh, nice. Hold the fuck up. Yeah, wait, what the fuck? What's with that attitude? A dead guy came back to life and you're all acting like it's just normal Easter Tuesday. Oh, uh, about that, Polnareff. When I said I buried Avdol in India, that was a lie. Just, just gaslighting you, man. Oh, the salt. <laughs> the salt. In the wound. Or ironically enough, not in the wound. That's not ironic. I want it to be. <laughs> he explains that Jotaro and Joseph were the ones who initially tended his wounds. And then they're like, guys, you knew when you didn't tell me. And then they told Kakuin the next day. And he was like, Polarif, 
should not know. Has a big mouth. He should not know. And then he corrects himself to be polite. It's like, uh, what I mean to say is you can't tell a lie. <laughs> Which is, that's very calculate. Yeah. Polnareff effectively was like... So I said we should all keep it from you. <laughs> Let you stew in your own guilt for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Polnareff goes, wait a minute. So does that mean that... I mean... We gotta go tell your dad that you're still alive. Yeah, he won't know. Like, oh, that was me in disguise. Of course. Oh... Oh, okay. And Polnareff is literally crying now. He's like, his friends have been so mean to him. He's like, wait, but hang on. Then did you really take it that far yesterday? Look, when- I get the whole uh, not telling Polnareff and also Abdul moving around in secret in disguise. Yeah. But the point where they see him and he pretends to not be Abdul and no one else tells him, that is all just them literally just being dicks to him. There's no other purpose for that. No, I fucking love that, because it basically <laughs> means that Polnareff will still be like, oh, well, I mean, he's clearly Abdol's dad, right? Of course. We don't need to tell him that it's Abdol's... It's not Abdol's dad. And if we don't bring Abdol with us, we can still kind of go back between... Then we can go back and kill Abdol. Like yeah, that. we can and Polnareff will never know. Exactly, it'll be perfect. They're like, there's no reason to cry. We didn't think you'd be this hurt. <laughs> Dicks. Oh, no. But Joseph reveals there's a reason that he came in disguise. Oh, why is that? You see, Avdol did a bit of shopping for him. Oh? It was a very conspicuous purchase. So they needed Avdol to disguise himself as a rich Arab and make the purchase. A rich Arab? Why would you need to disguise yourself as a rich Arab? What conspicuous purchase would he be making? A Massive submarine emerges from the ocean. Who's driving it? I don't know. <laughs> the Speedwagon Foundation. <laughs> I don't know if we see any crew, other crew on it in the next episode. It's an autonomous sub. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, they get aboard this big sub. It, says, it says for you at the top of it. Uh, it is enormous. Is that like a, a hail to you thing? I don't know. I saw it and went, it has to be a reference to something, but I don't know. Maybe it'll become more apparent later. It's very big. It's very Nick, big. how big would you say it is? It's the size of four sperm whales, I described it as to you. Um, I was actually asking, I was actually fishing for the other way you described it, which is to say it's like an ocean liner, but also it goes under the water. <laughs> yes. It's kind of like, uh, what was the name of that stand with the orangutan? Strength. It's like strength, but a submarine and not created by a monkey. Or is it? There's still time. Strength two. This time it's a submarine. <laughs> strength two. Stronger. <laughs> Strength two, pumping iron. Strength three, pumping lead. Anyway, that brings us to the end of the episode. To be continued. Everyone's a dick to Polnareff, but Avdol's alive. You know, it, it, it all evens out. out. Yeah. You know, it's a balancing act yeah, that they're yeah. willing to take. Yeah. Highlights and lowlights of this episode, Nick. Hmm. I mean, look, there is one highlight to end all highlights, and I think we all know what it is. Not that. Oh, you know, Definitely I do, I do have a note about Avdol coming back. I'll share that oh. before we do this. Okay. This is, um, you recall uh, I read his Jojonium note when he was introduced? Yeah. But I had to carefully omit everything about him dying. <laughs> it makes sense now. I killed him in Once in India because I'm always trying to keep readers from getting bored with the same pattern. I also wanted to add some reality to the story by having someone get sacrificed. I thought it'd be great to add, an ep- add in an episode where they lose a team member. I didn't intend to erase him forever, ever though. But I thought it'd be too easy if he came back to life immediately, so I wanted to prepare a flashy comeback that readers would be able to accept. When I draw Jojo, I never plan out the small things. In the end, I managed to bring Avdol back just before they reached Egypt, but I never planned that beforehand. It was just an idea that came to me while drawing. Now that I think back on it, since I killed him once, I should—I probably should have made him more important to the story. 
Of course, these thoughts all come to me later after I've already finished the story. Of course. Of course. Making the story centre around Avdol would, would have been very adventurous at the time. Laughs. Even in the character popularity polls, I don't think he was ever in any of the top spots. Everyone just wanted to see Jotaro fight. Also, drawing Magician's Red was a bit of a struggle for me. Wait, I'm sorry, hang on. Everyone wanted to see Jotaro? Yeah, everyone wanted to see Jotaro fight. Really? Of all the characters... I mean, they get a lot of Polnareff. They do get a lot of Polnareff. But still, like, what? Polnareff's amazing. And they've got plenty of him. Okay, yeah, that's fair. But Jotaro? Yeah, Star Platinum's cool. I guess. They had a whole series of Joseph fighting things. Yeah, but... Joseph that... and no one else, basically. Yeah, that's true. That is true. It was the Joseph Joestar show. Yeah. Yeah. So there, yeah, that's that. Yeah. Abdul's back, baby. Bitch is back. Back and better than ever. Ooh. Exactly like he always was. Ooh. He, uh, he still has an encyclopedic knowledge of all things standy. So you were saying your highlight. Do I even need to say? Yeah. Oh. It, uh, uh, Abdul has returned. Just that one moment of yeah. him showing yeah. up and crushing that clay doll. Yeah. Uh... Oh, let me just... Oh, you didn't believe me, but uh, Abdul came back to life. I don't know what you're talking about, Nick. I, I'm sure I would have remembered if you'd brought this up at all. Did I not bring it up multiple times? I mean, I ask you for predictions every week, but I'm pretty sure you never mentioned that you thought Abdul was alive. Shit, did I never mention that Abdul was... Oh, fuck. Okay, well, deep down it... No, well, I guess you can't believe me now, can you? No, oh. no, this is, there's no record we can check to see if you ever mentioned this. Shit! <laughs> well... Uh, my highlight is probably the horribly mean prank they play on Polo. <laughs> Where they're just like, yeah, it's Abdul's dad. Sure, why not? Mm-hmm. I also liked the moment of self-actualization he had where he killed his sister. Now, see, those are two very different points <laughs> yeah. of the show. One is, hey, we kind of pulled the dick move on you, but it's pretty funny when you think about it. And the other one is, at last, I've realised that I am above like, this. I'm, al- I'm allowed to be multifaceted. <laughs> No! <laughs> Low lights. Um. Mm. Hmm. Hmm. Low lights. I reckon it's probably Cameo just kind of suddenly getting beaten, where Abdol's like, now I don't have to worry about this. Now woman. I'm super strong again. Yeah, because before they had the two of them going at him, and he was like, whoop, I'll just throw you away. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly he's like, before I had to worry about this wound, now I don't. I'm like, why? What? What? Like, you, there was no real explanation behind it? There was okay. just, yeah. Uh, for my low light, the... I think just the... I, I, I can cotton on to Abdel coming back with, like, a new s- sassy personality. But the whole pissing thing seems like <laughs> just one step too different for me. Now, hang on. He's a happy man. He's still alive. He's got a massive scar on his head. Probably. He's got a full bladder. He's probably... God, Maybe I'm he's just like, man, page. I really need to go. Can I, is there any way I can work this into my new persona so I don't have to just quietly excuse myself? He's actually just deeply concerned at this point. He's like, man, I really got to pee. Yeah, I got a really weak bladder after all that time in hospital. But he wants to keep up appearances of his new ultra happy personality. Oh, like super cool. Yeah. His upbeat ways. Yeah. So I'll just be like, I know. I can kill two yeah. birds with one stone. Let's engage in the timeless ritual of male bonding. Yeah. <laughs> I'm willing to believe you. <laughs> so, Nick, yeah. we have two episodes, mm-hmm. one story, left in the first half of Jojo the Bizarre Adventure Part 3, Stardust Crusaders. What do you think is going to happen next time in the episode entitled High Priestess? Well, it doesn't matter now. Abdul's back. It can. I mean, all of my predictions from here on out are all pointless because I made the best one. Early on. Oh, okay. That's the end of the show then. Guys. Yeah, that's the, that's it. That's where we end. <laughs> no. Um. 
Hang on, what's the name of it again? High Priestess. High Priestess. So let's take stock. Abdul's back. Abdul's back. They're in a submarine. A submarine. They have to cross the Red Sea to get to Egypt. Hmm. Hmm. Now the thing is, the key question is, will they reach Egypt in episode one or two? Because if they reach in episode one, then that means the High Priestess is in Egypt. If they reach in episode two, that means it's two sub-episodes. Yeah. It's a big call, I know. It's a big call. Hmm. Okay, I reckon it's probably going to be they'll reach Egypt in part two, and that's going to be the to-be-continued bit. Yep, okay, that makes sense. Because we're going to be stuck in Egypt for a whole part. Well, as you've seen on the Crunchyroll uh, map page menu or whatever, the second half, well, you may have, the second half of the of the part is in t- subtitled Battle in Egypt. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Okay, uh, well, maybe the High Priestess will finally make us learn why they're called Stardust Crusaders. No, that's not going to happen. Shit. <laughs> okay. I'll tell you that for a dollar. <laughs> Do you have any thoughts on who or what the High Priestess might be? Hmm. Okay, if she's on a submarine, the High Priest... <gasps> it's going to be another underwater fight. Boat battle. No, not boat. But <laughs> she's like a shark or something. Okay. Maybe she's like a shark queen of the sea. It's like a shark with a stand. Is that what you're saying? No. It'll be like Jaws. Yeah, it'll be like Jaws where she's like in a scuba suit, but she's attacking the submarine. Right. And they're all like, shit, if we lose the submarine, we fucking drown. Let's not drown, guys. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I reckon she'll be... She won't be on the sub because... She'll be a dom. Yeah. Let me think. What other animals are there? Maybe she'll be the Loch Ness Monster. Octopus, squid. Octopus, squid man. Stingray. Um, something weirder. Anemone. Yeah, something weirder than all of them. Because but it's, it's, it's going to be animal centric. It's going to be saying. yeah, animal centric. Sea life. Yeah. Uh, and although I did say before that all the stands that we've been encountering have get like they have gotten more and more abstract. That's true. So it could be that she's under the sea. Under the sea. Hey, she's under the sea. That's um, two completely different things. <laughs> Right, well, she's going to be under the sea. Why am I Irish? Uh, she's going to be under the sea. Maybe she'll be an animal. Like, more literally just a giant thing that's going to try and eat the sub. Or it could be cabin fever. Okay, cabin fever the stand. Cabin fever the stand, yeah. We all need to, like, not turn on each other. Stuck under this water in this hunt for Red October. With constant sounds going around you. <laughs> and then you just hear a guy in the background saying, Russia. Just for no reason. Dude, Cold War. Cold War. That's it, guys. I can't take it anymore. That's it. Anyway, okay. That so, seems... Yeah, there's going to be an underwater battle of right. some description. Fair enough. Or two subs. Fairly comprehensive. Yep. I think that brings us to the end of our, end of our episode, Nick. So I guess until next time... To, to be, be continued. continued.